You're listening to the Straight Up Saints Podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome back inside another edition of the Straight Up Saints Podcast. It's your host, Chris Rosvoglu. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Rosvoglu Report and on Instagram and at Facebook at Saints underscore straight up. Now, this is going to be a quick emergency podcast um, because the Saints ended up cutting Larry Warford after three seasons with the team. He made the Pro Bowl all three seasons. Um, obviously, the Pro Bowl is a little tainted, but he did make the, the Pro Bowl all three seasons with the team. They move on from him, and that means the days of Cesar Ruiz as a starter, have just begun. Um, and it was interesting because when the Saints made that pick, a lot of people said, oh, you know, I don't know if he's an impact player. Will he start day one? You got your answer. And remember, Sean Payton said they didn't draft him to be the backup. Cutting Larry Warford just shows, obviously, he means what he says. And Sean Payton's always been about that. Been about that. He'll tell you what he's feeling, and he does it. Um, yeah, obviously he'll lie from time to time, but there are times where he straight up tells you, tells you his plan and he did that cutting Larry Warford. So let's just get down to the, the financials here of this deal. They saved 7.7 million in cap space, got about 5 million in dead money for the season. Um, but it's an interesting move because if he wasn't going to start and you're not going to hold on to a $12 million backup, um, I just don't see why the heck they would keep him anyway. Um, it makes sense why they cut him. I know there's a little bit of shock right now that they couldn't get trade value, but it comes down to this. If word gets out that they might cut him, why would a team trade for a guy that could be released and they could have him essentially for free? No point in doing that. And I think that's probably what happened. It got to the point where the leaks get out. People know Sean Payton's frustrated with Larry Warford, and they say, you know what? Screw it. We're going to wait till he gets cut, and we'll make our run at him then. A team that I could see going after him is maybe Seattle. There's been a couple rumors there. Um, Seattle doesn't have much at O-line. Now, they did take an LSU uh, star in Damian Lewis on day two. He'll probably be one of the guards, but they can use another one, and Larry's a veteran. I have no problems with Larry Warford, but here's the reality. He's a Pro Bowl guard, but that doesn't mean he's an elite guard. And Pro Bowl is something that we should use lightly. Um, Remember, Mitch Trubisky's a Pro Bowl quarterback. Mitch Trubisky is pretty bad. I think we've seen enough from him to know that his name alone does not justify Pro Bowl. But that's the name of the game. And on the flip side, you got guys like Demario Davis who are studs, never make a Pro Bowl. It's just a weird system. It's not always about the best players. It's just the names that get there and on whatever team you play for, uh, that usually helps. Um, But let's just talk about this O-line real quick because this is going to be a really, really brief podcast, about 10, 15 minutes, nothing uh, too long here, obviously. But the way this Saints O-line shaping up to be it's going to be fun. It's going to be like 2017. The screen game is going to be good. I think you're going to be able to have those pitch plays with, you know, throwing the ball out wide uh, to Kamara. It's going to be fun. And I don't know if it'll be as good as it was in, let's say, 2011 when Pierre was doing his thing and Sproles was doing his thing because that, for me, is the peak screen game of the New Orleans Saints. But you can get something going here with McCoy at right guard, with uh, Cesar Ruiz at center. You still got Ramchek and Armstead as your tackles, which is great. And then we got Andrews Pete, who I'll talk about in a minute. But that's a really good offensive line. And if either Ruiz or Pete is your quote-unquote weak link, that's pretty good because you know what you're going to get out of Ramchek. You know what you're going to get out of Armstead when he's healthy. And we already have seen McCoy is a playmaker. I mean, McCoy was a really good guard. I think he might even be better. A really good center, excuse me. I think he might be better at right guard. And we're going to see um, how he does this upcoming season at that position. So that's going to be really interesting. Um, so why is it important to have a fast O-line? 
Well, for one, a team like the Saints that love to get their guys out in space, it's key and paramount that you have offensive linemen that can also get out in space and help block down the field. There's no point of throwing a screen if you don't have good blocking. You know, at the end of the day, yeah, the guy needs to catch the ball, but he also has to have blockers in front or else you're basically throwing the ball behind the line of scrimmage and you're lucky if you even get back to the yard, uh, the line to gain. So having that versatility, having that speed up front, especially in the interior, is going to help. Reason number two, when the New Orleans Saints lost to the Minnesota Vikings in the divisional round, besides saying, oh, Drew didn't play well, you know, Sean Payton didn't coach his best game, the big reason for their loss was the interior of the offensive line just getting downright decimated. Uh, We had Everson Griffin playing well. We had Daniil Hunter playing well. You got guys like Steven Weatherly playing well. Um, And what the Saints have done is show that they're going to fortify that interior. Yes, they brought Andrews Pete back and fans don't like it. Deal with it. He's a younger option. He's more versatile. And the biggest issue with him is health. I don't think he's elite. I don't even think he's very good. But I think when he's healthy, he's a quality offensive guard. Quality is the word that I'll use for Andrews Pete when healthy. Then you have Ruiz, who I've always been high on. He was by far the best interior offensive lineman in this class. I think we're going to see him day one make an impact for the New Orleans Saints. And then we got McCoy. You know the deal with him. So the interior is better, in my opinion, because you still got Pete. You still got McCoy. And it comes down to, is Ruiz going to be a better player than Larry Warford was for the 2019 Saints? I'm going to say yes, a resounding yes, in fact, because Warford was out of shape. He was getting beat. Go look at the play where Drew Brees fumbles. And I'll even drop it in. I'll probably get to it uh, and put that on Twitter for you guys. But Watch the play. Just watch the pushback. Warford gets driven about five yards back to the point where Drew goes to scramble. Before you know it, Drew gets hit. The ball comes out of his hand. And we all know the story there. It's easy to blame Drew. I was one of those people to do that. But man, if you got no protection, what's the point? Especially in the interior when you got a, a smaller quarterback, a pocket guy like Drew who wants to step up. You can't step up if the interior is getting demolished. The Saints have addressed that need. Um, and I'm really happy about what they've done with that O-line. But let's get into Andrews Pete real quick because I want to talk about him before I end this episode um, because there's a lot of talk about why get rid of Warford but keep Pete. Guys, it's really simple. One is going to be an insp- on an expiring contract after this year. The other's a free a- was a free agent who is still approaching his prime, uh, can play offensive tackle when necessary. Andrews Pete's 26. Larry Warford is going to be 29 in a month from now. That age gap's important. Um, Andrews Pete has been out of shape in the past, but it wasn't recent. Recently, we just had Larry Warford come into camp out of shape. That's another issue. Um, and the other thing with Pete, too, is... I don't think the question is, is he good? It's, can he stay healthy? The question now the Saints have to ask about Warford is, have we seen his best football? I don't think the Saints have seen their best football from Andrews Pete yet. The Saints, I think, have seen that from Warford. So I think it's a risk-reward battle there, and you're also trying to pay someone for what you think they might be. Um, If you're going to pay Warford for what you think he might be, he's probably a $5 million offensive guard at this point in his career, not 12. Um, now is Andrews Pete overpaid in many people's eyes? Yes. And I don't blame you if you think that, but the saints are paying him with the hopes that with the way the offensive guard markets inflated and with the way Andrews Pete is able to play multiple positions, if he's healthy, you will get your 10 to $12 million per year out of him. If he's healthy. Um, I, I'm going to have to keep saying that cause I feel like it doesn't go through everyone's head. It, it's quick to blame it, you know, and easy to blame Andrews Pete. It's easy for me to sit here and, and say, Hey, he's the reason drew got hurt. He doesn't play well in big games. 
It's easy to say that, but also let's have some context here. Uh, Andrews Pete breaks his arm one year. Another year, Andrews Pete breaks his wrist. The guy has not played in a playoff game healthy. Is that an issue? Absolutely. But does it mean that he's a horrible offensive guard? No, and I think we have to find that balance um, right there. Now, before I end this, because I did promise it was going to be a very quick emergency pod for you guys, I want to talk about what the Saints could possibly do with this money. Now, $7.7 million in the NFL is a lot to spend. Um, the Saints, though, have already done most of their work. I don't know if they're bringing someone in. Uh, I think it'd be a little crazy to just assume they'd bring in a guy like Clowney. Uh, first off, I still think Clowney's going to get his money. I don't think Clowney's going to get $20 million a year, but if you tell me Clowney's going to get $15 million from the Titans or you know $15 million from the Seahawks, yeah, I think so. So I don't know if $7.7 million is enough for the Saints to start saying, yeah, we're a contender in the Clowney sweepstakes, nor do I honestly care. The one guy who I would mention as a potential guy who, yeah, he would fit with the Saints, I'd love to see what he could do, Everson Griffin. He knows the NFC really well, being with the Vikings. You have that little bit of an edge factor of the Vikings getting rid of him. Maybe he has a little motivation. Love to see what he could do on Christmas Day against that team. I think that'd be really interesting. Um, And the one thing about Everson Griffin where he fits in with the Saints' plan is it's going to be a condensed offseason. You're not going to have a lot of time to train. You need players who can read and understand a playbook quickly. That's why you get Emmanuel Sanders. That's why you get Malcolm Jenkins. Now, I don't think Griffin is as great of a leader as them because he's had a couple of off-the-field issues, but I do think that he's a, a very influential guy in the locker room, though. Players would listen to him. And I'd be okay with Everson Griffin on the Saints. I don't know if it's going to happen. I'd be okay with it. What can also happen with that money is about the Saints saving for the future. Because the reality is, this team's going to have to spend a lot of cash in the coming years. Eventually, we're going to have Marshawn Lattimore hit the market. Ryan Ramchek hit the market. Alvin Kamara will hit the market. Marcus Williams will hit the market. Williams and Kamara are after this season. Um, Ramchek and Lattimore, you got two more years, but they got to figure it out soon. Um, the Saints are going to have to spend money. It makes sense to cut bait with older players right now when it's doable, and this was definitely a situation where it was doable. But that's going to do it, guys, for this quick emergency episode of the Straight Up Saints podcast. I want to thank you guys for listening. I also want to give you guys a thank you and a shout-out for listening to that Delvin Bro interview. It absolutely smashed it um, in terms of viewership, the largest um, viewership that I've ever seen for an episode. Um, great numbers, absolutely fantastic, and, and a great story. If you haven't checked that one out, I suggest that you guys do. Um, if you enjoy this quick emergency podcast and you want more in the future for releases, trades, anything big news like an injury, let me know, and I will keep these guys coming for you guys. But until then, enjoy the rest of your weekend, guys. Stay safe, uh, and we'll talk more Saints football, probably some schedule predictions and stuff like that uh, next week on the Straight Up Saints podcast. <laughs>